Question 4 of Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour, by St. Thomas Aquinas. Translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 4. Of the Mode of Union on the Part of the Human Nature. In Six Articles. We must now consider the union on the part of what was assumed, about which we must consider first what things were assumed by the Word of God, secondly, what were co-assumed, whether perfections or defects. Now the Son of God assumed human nature and its parts. Hence a threefold consideration arises. First, with regard to the nature. Secondly, with regard to its parts. Thirdly, with regard to the order of the assumption. Under the first head there are six points of inquiry. First, whether human nature was more capable of being assumed than any other nature. Second, whether he assumed a person. Third, whether he assumed a man. Fourth, whether it was becoming that he should assume human nature abstracted from all individuals. Fifth, whether it was becoming that he should assume human nature in all its individuals. Sixth, whether it was becoming that he should assume human nature in any man begotten of the stock of Adam. First article, whether human nature was more assumable by the Son of God than any other nature. Objection 1. It would seem that human nature is not more capable of being assumed by the Son of God than any other nature. For Augustine says in his letter to Volsianus, In deeds wrought miraculously, the whole reason of the deed is the power of the doer. Now the power of God, who wrought the Incarnation, which is a most miraculous work, is not limited to one nature, since the power of God is infinite. Therefore, human nature is not more capable of being assumed than any other creature. Objection to further. Likeness is the foundation of the fittingness of the incarnation of the divine person, as above stated in question 3, article 8. But as in rational creatures we find the likeness of image, so in irrational creatures we find the image of trace. Therefore, the irrational creature was as capable of assumption as human nature. Objection 3 further. In the angelic nature we find a more perfect likeness than in human nature, as Gregory says in his homily on the one hundred sheep, where he introduces Ezekiel 28.12, Thou wast the seal of resemblance. And sin is found in angels, even as in man, according to Job 4.18, And in his angels he found wickedness. 
Therefore, the angelic nature was as capable of assumption as the nature of man. Objection for further, since the highest perfection belongs to God, the more like to God a thing is, the more perfect it is. But the whole universe is more perfect than its parts, amongst which is human nature. Therefore, the whole universe is more capable of being assumed than human nature. On the contrary, it is said in Proverbs 8.31, by the mouth of begotten wisdom, my delights were to be with the children of men. And hence there would seem to be some fitness in the union of the Son of God with human nature. I answer that, a thing is said to be assumable as being capable of being assumed by a divine person, and this capability cannot be taken with reference to the natural passive power, which does not extend to what transcends the natural order, as the personal union of a creature with God transcends it. Hence it follows that a thing is said to be assumable according to some fitness for such a union. Now this fitness in human nature may be taken from two things, notably according to its dignity and according to its need. According to its dignity, because human nature as being rational and intellectual was made for attaining to the word to some extent by its operation, notably by knowing and loving him, according to its need, because it stood in need of restoration, having fallen under original sin. Now these two things belong to human nature alone. For in the irrational creature the fitness of dignity is wanting, and in the angelic nature the aforesaid fitness of need is wanting. Hence it follows that only human nature was assumable. Reply to Objection 1. Creatures are said to be such with reference to their proper causes, not with reference to what belongs to them from their first and universal causes. Thus we call a disease incurable, not that it cannot be cured by God, but that it cannot be cured by the proper principles of the subject. Therefore a creature is said to be not assumable not as if we withdrew anything from the power of God, but in order to show the condition of the creature, which has no capability for this. Reply to Objection 2. The likeness of image is found in human nature, for as much as it is capable of God, notably, by obtaining to him through its own operation of knowledge and love. But the likeness of trace regards only a representation by divine impression, existing in the creature, and does not imply that the irrational creature, in which such a likeness is, can attain to God by its own operation alone. For what does not come up to the less has no fitness for the greater, as a body which is not fitted to be perfected by a sensitive soul is much less fitted for an intellectual soul. Now much greater and more perfect is the union of God in personal being than the union by operation.
and hence the irrational creature which falls short of the union with God by operation has no fitness to be united with him in personal being. Reply to Objection 3 Some say that angels are not assumable, since they are perfect in their personality from the beginning of their creation, inasmuch as they are not subject to generation and corruption. Hence they cannot be assumed to the unity of a divine person unless their personality be destroyed, and this does not befit the incorruptibility of their nature nor the goodness of the one assuming, to whom it does not belong to corrupt any perfection in the creature assumed. But this would not seem totally to disprove the fitness of the angelic nature for being assumed, for God, by producing a new angelic nature, could join it to himself in unity of person, and in this way nothing pre-existing would be corrupted in it. But as was said above, there is wanting the fitness of need, because although the angelic nature in some is the subject of sin, their sin is irremediable, as stated above in the Pars Prima, question 64, article 2. Reply to Objection 4 The perfection of the universe is not the perfection of one person or suppositum, but of something which is one by position or order, whereof very many parts are not capable of assumption, as was said above. Hence it follows that only human nature is capable of being assumed. Second Article whether the Son of God assumed a person. Objection 1. It would seem that the Son of God assumed a person. For Damascene says in On the True Faith 3.11 that the Son of God assumed human nature in atomo, that is, in an individual. But an individual in rational nature is a person, as is plain from Boetius on the two natures. Therefore, the Son of God assumed a person. Objection to, further, Damascene says in On the True Faith 3.6 that the Son of God assumed what he had sown in our nature. But he sowed our personality there. Therefore, the Son of God assumed a person. Objection 3 further. Nothing is absorbed unless it exist. But Innocent III says in a decretal that the person of God absorbed the person of man. Therefore, it would seem that the person of man existed previous to its being assumed. On the contrary, Augustine says in on the faith to Peter, number two, that God assumed the nature, not the person, of man. I answer that, a thing is said to be assumed inasmuch as it is taken into another. Hence what is assumed must be presupposed to the assumption, as what is moved locally is presupposed to the motion. Now a person in human nature is not presupposed to assumption. Rather, it is the term of the assumption, as was said, 
in question three articles one and two for if it were presupposed it must either have been corrupted in which case it was useless or it remains after the union and thus there would be two persons one assuming and the other assumed which is false as was shown above in question two article six hence it follows that the son of god nowise assumed a human person reply to objection one the son of god assumed human nature in atomo that is in an individual which is no other than the uncreated suppositum the person of the son of god hence it does not follow that a person was assumed reply to objection to its proper personality is not wanting to the nature assumed through the loss of anything pertaining to the perfection of the human nature but through the addition of something which is above human nature notably the union with a divine person reply to objection three absorption does not here imply the destruction of anything pre-existing but the hindering what might otherwise have been for if the human nature had not been assumed by a divine person the human nature would have had its own personality and in this way is it said although improperly that the person absorbed the person inasmuch as the divine person by his union hindered the human nature from having its personality third article whether the divine person assumed a man objection one it would seem that the divine person assumed a man for it is written in psalm sixty four verse five blessed is he whom thou hast chosen and taken to thee which a gloss expounds of christ and augustine says in on christian struggle eleven the son of god assumed a man and in him bore things human objection to further the word man signifies a human nature but the son of god assumed a human nature therefore he assumed a man objection three further the son of god is a man he is not one of the men he did not assume for with equal reason he would be peter or any other man therefore he is the man whom he assumed on the contrary it is the authority of felix pope and martyr which is quoted by the council of ephesus we believe in our lord jesus christ born of the virgin mary because he is the eternal son and word of god and not a man assumed by god in such sort that there is another besides him for the son of god did not assume a man so that there be another besides him i answer that as has been said above in article two what is assumed is not the term of the assumption but is presupposed 
to the assumption. Now it was said in question 3, articles 1 and 2, that the individual to whom the human nature is assumed is none other than the divine person, who is the term of the assumption. Now this word, man, signifies human nature, as it is in a suppositum, because, as Damascene says in On the True Faith 3, 4 and 11, this work of God signifies him who has human nature. And hence it cannot be properly said that the Son assumed a man, granted as it must be, in fact, that in Christ there is but one suppositum and one hypostasis. But according to such as hold that there are two hypostases, or two supposita in Christ, it may fittingly and properly be said that the Son of God assumed a man. Hence the first opinion, quoted in the sentences 3d6, grants that a man was assumed. But this opinion is erroneous, as was said above in question 2, article 6. Reply to Objection 1. These phrases are not to be taken too literally, but are to be loyally explained, wherever they are used by holy doctors, so as to say that a man was assumed inasmuch as his nature was assumed. And because the assumption terminated in this, that the Son of God is man. Reply to Objection 2. The word man signifies human nature in the concrete, inasmuch as it is in a suppositum. And hence, since we cannot say a suppositum was assumed, so we cannot say a man was assumed. Reply to Objection 3. The Son of God is not the man whom he assumed, but the man whose nature he assumed. Fourth article. Whether the Son of God ought to have assumed human nature abstracted from all individuals. Objection 1. It would seem that the Son of God ought to have assumed human nature abstracted from all individuals. For the assumption of human nature took place for the common salvation of all men. Hence it is said of Christ in 1 Timothy 4.10 that he is the Savior of all men, especially of the faithful. But nature, as it is in individuals, withdraws from its universality. Therefore the Son of God ought to have assumed human nature as it is abstracted from all individuals. Objection to further. What is noblest in all things ought to be attributed to God. But in every genus what is of itself is best. Therefore the Son of God ought to have assumed self-existing, per se, man, which, according to Platonists, is human nature abstracted from its individuals. Therefore the Son of God ought to have assumed this. Objection 3. Further, human nature was not assumed by the Son of God 
in the concrete as is signified by the word man as was said above in article three now in this way it signifies human nature as it is in individuals as is plain from what has been said in article three therefore the son of god assumed human nature as it is separated from individuals on the contrary damascene says in on the true faith 311 god the word incarnate did not assume a nature which exists in pure thought for this would have been no incarnation but a false and fictitious incarnation but human nature as it is separated or abstracted from its individuals is taken to be a pure conception since it does not exist in itself as damascene says again in on the true faith 311 therefore the son of god did not assume human nature as it is separated from individuals i answer that the nature of man or of any other sensible thing beyond the being which it has in individuals may be taken in two ways first as if it had being of itself away from matter as the platonists held secondly as existing in an intellect either human or divine now it cannot subsist of itself as the philosopher proves in metaphysics seven paragraphs twenty six twenty seven twenty nine and fifty one because sensible matter belongs to the specific nature of sensible things and is placed in its definition as flesh and bones in the definition of man hence human nature cannot be without sensible matter nevertheless if human nature were subsistent in this way it would not be fitting that it should be assumed by the word of god first because this assumption is terminated in a person and it is contrary to the nature of a common form to be thus individualized in a person secondly because to a common nature can only be attributed common and universal operations according to which man neither merits nor demerits whereas on the contrary the assumption took place in the order that the son of god having assumed our nature might merit for us thirdly because a nature so existing would not be sensible but intelligible but the son of god assumed human nature in order to show himself in men's sight according to the prophet baruch 338 afterwards he was seen upon earth and conversed with men likewise neither could human nature have been assumed by the son of god as it is in the divine intellect since it would be none other than the divine nature and according to this human nature would be in the son of god from eternity neither can we say that the son of god assumed human nature as it is in a human intellect for this would mean nothing else but that he is understood to assume a human nature and thus if he did not assume it in reality this would be a false understanding 
nor would this assumption of the human nature be anything but a fictitious incarnation as damascene says again in on the true faith 311 reply to objection one the incarnate son of god is the common savior of all not by a generic or specific community such as is attributed to the nature separated from the individuals but by a community of cause whereby the incarnate son of god is the universal cause of human salvation reply to objection to self-existing per se man is not to be found in nature in such a way as to be outside of the singular as the platonists held although some say plato believed that the separate man was only in the divine intellect and hence it was not necessary for it to be assumed by the word since it had been with him from eternity reply to objection three although human nature was not assumed in the concrete as if the suppositum were presupposed to the assumption nevertheless it is assumed in an individual since it is assumed so as to be in an individual fifth article whether the son of god ought to have assumed human nature in all individuals objection one you would seem that the son of god ought to have assumed human nature in all individuals for what is assumed first and by itself is human nature but what belongs essentially to a nature belongs to all who exist in the nature therefore it was fitting that human nature should be assumed by the word of god in all its supposita objection to further the divine incarnation proceeded from divine love hence it is written in john three sixteen god so loved the world as to give his only begotten son but love makes us give ourselves to our friends as much as we can and it was possible for the son of god to assume several human natures as was said above in question three article seven and with equal reason all hence it was fitting for the son of god to assume human nature in all its supposita objection three further a skilful workman completes his work in the shortest manner possible but it would have been a shorter way if all men had been assumed to the natural sonship than for one natural son to lead many to the adoption of sons as is written in galatians four five as well as alluded to in hebrews two ten therefore human nature ought to have been assumed by god in all its supposita on the contrary damascene says in on the true faith three eleven that the son of god did not assume human nature as a species nor did he assume all its hypostases i answer that it was unfitting for human nature to be assumed by the word in all its supposita first because the multitude of supposita of human nature which are natural to it would have been taken away 
for since we must not see any other suppositum in the assumed nature except the person assuming as it was said above in article three if there was no human nature except what was assumed it would follow that there was but one suppositum of human nature which is the person assuming secondly because this would have been derogatory to the dignity of the incarnate son of god as he is the firstborn of many brethren according to the human nature even as he is the firstborn of all creatures according to the divine for then all men would be of equal dignity thirdly because it is fitting that as one divine suppositum is incarnate so he should assume one human nature so that on both sides unity might be found reply to objection one to be assumed belongs to the human nature of itself because it does not belong to it by reason of a person as it belongs to the divine nature to assume by reason of the person not however that it belongs to it of itself as if belonging to its essential principles or as its natural property in which manner it would belong to all its suppositum reply to objection to the love of god to men is shown not merely in the assumption of human nature but especially in what he suffered in human nature for other men according to romans five eight but god commendeth his charity towards us because when as yet we were sinners christ died for us which would not have taken place had he assumed human nature in all its supposita reply to objection three in order to shorten the way which every skilful worker does what can be done by one must not be done by many hence it was most fitting that by one man all the rest should be saved sixth article whether it was fitting for the son of god to assume human nature in the stock of adam objection one it would seem that it was not fitting for the son of god to assume human nature of the stock of adam for the apostle says in hebrews seven twenty six for it was fitting that we should have such a high priest separated from sinners but he would have been still further separated from sinners had he not assumed human nature of the stock of adam a sinner hence it seems that he ought not to have assumed human nature of the stock of adam objection to further in every genus the principle is nobler than what is from the principle hence if he wished to assume human nature he ought to have assumed it in adam himself objection three further the gentiles were greater sinners than the jews as a gloss says on galatians two fifteen for we by nature are jews and not of the gentiles sinners hence if he wished to assume human nature from sinners he ought rather to have assumed it from the gentiles than from the stock of abraham who was just on the contrary the genealogy of our lord as found in luke three is traced back to adam 
I answer that, as Augustine says in On the Trinity 13.18, God was able to assume nature elsewhere than from the stock of Adam, who by his sin had fettered the whole human race. Yet God judged it better to assume human nature from the vanquished race, and thus to vanquish the enemy of the human race. And this for three reasons. First, because it would seem to belong to justice that he who sinned should make amends, and hence from the nature which he had corrupted should be assumed that whereby satisfaction was to be made for the whole nature. Secondly, it pertains to man's greater dignity that the conqueror of the devil should spring from the stock conquered by the devil. Thirdly, because God's power is thereby made more manifest, since, from a corrupt and weakened nature, he assumed that which was raised to such might and glory. Reply to Objection 1. Christ ought to be separated from sinners as regards sin, which he came to overthrow, and not as regards nature, which he came to save, and in which it behooved him in all things to be made like to his brethren, as the Apostle says in Hebrews 2.17. And in this is his innocence the more wonderful, seeing that, though assumed from a mass tainted by sin, his nature was endowed with such purity. Reply to Objection 2 As was said above in the first reply, it behooved him who came to take away sins to be separated from sinners as regards sin, to which Adam was subject, whom Christ brought out of his sin, as is written in Wisdom 10.2. For it behooved him who came to cleanse all, not to need cleansing himself, just as in every genus of motion the first mover is immovable as regards that motion, and the first to alter is itself unalterable. Hence it was not fitting that he should assume human nature in Adam himself. Reply to Objection 3 Since Christ ought especially to be separated from sinners as regards sin, and to possess the highest innocence, it was fitting that between the first sinner and Christ some just men should stand midway, in whom certain forecasts of his future holiness should shine forth. And hence, even in the people from whom Christ was to be born, God appointed signs of holiness which began in Abraham, who was the first to receive the promise of Christ, and circumcision as a sign that the covenant should be kept, as is written in Genesis 17.11. End of question 4 Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.